Welcome to the Atomic Podcast. This is Geraldine Paris Summer. Ifrit's next guest is actor Todd Stashwick. Respectfully, Captain, I am an admiral. Retired. Congrats on that. But I'm still a captain. Without a chair. Tighten his mind now. I'm really sorry, fellas. I love you. I do. I love reading about all your wildly exciting and equally irresponsible adventures, but I have orders that come down from actual officers whose pay grade are far above all of ours. So, request denied. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, and here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from Genoa City, Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman. My guest today is actor extraordinaire, D&D enthusiast, Todd Stashwick. Todd, welcome to the Atomic Podcast, and how are you? How are you doing? <laughs> it's about freaking time, right? <laughs> Keep missing each other. I know, I know, man. Um, before we even start talking, um, um, what's your favorite spot in Wisconsin to go to? I know you was, you know, we met at GaryCon, but um, did you get to like explore Wisconsin a little bit, or? I grew up up there. I mean, I grew up in I grew up in the I grew up in Hanover Park, Illinois. So I used to go to camp in Lake Geneva. Oh, okay. And uh, as, a, as a boy, uh, in the early 80s, my cousin and I used to make a pilgrimage to the uh, dungeon, which was uh, the hobby shop that was also right below TSR headquarters, who, uh, the people that created D&D. So, um, so that was always, uh, I, I do love Lake Geneva. Yeah, and also, um, a lot of people know, the, the, wasn't it the original home of the Playboy Mansion? Like Hugh Hefner had a, a mansion, right, in Lake Geneva or something like that? Well, uh, the Grand Geneva, the Grand Geneva, where yes. Gary Con is held, used to be a Playboy Club. Yes. 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 Okay. Um. And um. Do you do you miss like living out in California? Do you miss the Midwest? Do you miss this type of weather, like the changes in season? You know, we get changes in season, contrary to popular belief. The only <laughs> we don't get in uh, LA is uh, winter, but apparently, it did snow a little bit here at one point. Uh, recently, because the world is upside down, Efren. Yeah, I know, and they, so, and, uh, yeah, you see New York yeah. now. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, uh, I, um, I get back 
back in the Midwest uh, enough. Uh, my mom lives there still. And so uh, I get back there. But, I, you know, I've been living in L.A. for 23 years, so I have uh, I have certainly grown accustomed to it. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I don't want to ask the same repetitive questions. I'm sure you get asked all the time. But um, what is um, how um, I know you've been living in California for 23 years. But um, are you like, do you really like sometimes get like homesick from your place of birth? Because I've been living in Wisconsin for five years, and then going back to New York to visit. I'm, I'm, I'm not from Wisconsin. I, 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 like I said, I do go back to the Midwest. So uh, my mom lives there, and so I get back a couple times a year. Oh, like how, how often, though? Like how often do you come back? I'll come back for Christmas for a few weeks. Okay. Uh, I've been back in the summer. I've been back in the spring. Uh, I get back uh, plenty. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No problem. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Um, uh, And I know, like, the writer strikes is going on, so how's everything with that out there? Because it's like, it seems like... Well, hopefully they'll find a... You know, hopefully they'll, they'll get to a, a decent resolution. We actors just uh, just agreed that we would authorize a strike if it's necessary because our contract is up at the end of June. And so um, we uh, we have also sort of thrown our, our, our muscle behind all of this strike just so that we can get equitable pay in this new streaming landscape. And then tackling issues of AI and self-tapes. And, and there's a lot of issues that uh, cross over with the WGA what, in regards to uh, streaming. Uh, I'm also in the WGA because I write. So I've been out on the picket lines. And I also uh, support, uh, I'm a union guy from the Midwest, so I support the cause. Yeah, see? Wow, I know. It's, it's it's like you see it every day. Like, a lot of things... I think Strange New World stopped production. There's a lot of shows that stopped production. I think De Deadpool's still going on, I think. I'm not really too sure, but... I don't know. Is Deadpool being shot in Canada? Uh, I'm not sure, but I know, like, they said that I think Ryan Reynolds can't alter the script or anything like that. They have to, you know, nobody can ad-lib, really. So they have to, they have to like, do what's on the actual script. Yeah, exactly. And then you can't change anything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. first of all, I want to say congratulations on Picard season three. Um, Thank you. And I'm sure, like, you've been told plenty of times your character performance as Liam Shaw was outstanding, man. Um, Thank you. No, no problem, no problem. As a fan of sci fi, DD, um, you know, as a one nerd to another, how does it feel to be incorporated into the Star Trek world? It feels great, you know. It's it's, it's I grew up with it, right? So, so I have been a I've been a, 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 a sci-fi fantasy guy since way back, and so given the opportunity to tell stories in this uh, in this genre makes me happy, and especially you know, getting the chance to have my own ship and to work with such wonderful actors. That's all we want out of our careers to, to do projects that we want and work with people that we respect and. I certainly got that opportunity with Star Trek. Yeah, um, I think you know, you know, like even like friends of mine, season three is, you know, not not to de um, denigrate the other seasons, but I think it's something special about season three because the whole gang is together, incorporating the next generation, then the next next generation. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I know you don't know any information about that, but would you like to see it pick up? Oh, of course. Like, uh, look, I. I I have such a 
implicit trust in uh, Terry Vitalis uh, and the writers to put together new stories in this universe and and uh, and, and keep the exploration boldly going. Uh, so I have faith that that, that they could do a, a terrific show, and I also have faith that Terry would find a really clever interesting uh grounded way to see the return of my character so so in spite of my untimely death as i say i'm only star trek dead so uh, (laughs) i'm in i'm in good company with the spots the the data's the picards of them all that have died and somehow found a way back to the screen so it would be an absolute pleasure they uh they know, they know my number. If they need me, they know who to call. Yeah. Um, also, I seen the stream where they unveiled your EXO um, action figure. What is it like to... Yes. What is it like to be immortalized as a freaking toy, you know, as an action figure? Well, if, you had told, if you had told 10-year-old Todd Stash an action figure painted by Todd Stash would have been immortalized as a toy, that's Speaking of collector, you're a big D and D enthusiast, Dungeons and Dragons man. Um, yeah, I love playing the game. Yeah, yeah, and it's freaking awesome because you know, like you know, being like an adult myself, I'm 47. You know, a lot of like women or whatever used to look down on me, like, oh my god, you're this old and you have action figures and you're like this, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh my god, you play with toys. I don't think you're a stable man. And you're not meeting the right women. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. My wife. My wife. <laughs> When uh, when uh, I said, "Hey, I want a glass case filled with my Batman action figures. Where should we put it?" She's like, "The living room." Whoa! What? So <laughs> I don't have to hide that stuff away because uh, she's as big a nerd as I am. Oh my! All right. So speaking about that, about your wife, and she's into the same things you on your end. How did you guys meet? And then does she she know about your collection and whatnot? Like, how did it come about? Well, we met. We met when I uh, was performing in Chicago at the Second City, and she was in the audience. Oh, wow. She introduced herself to me, and that was 20, going on 29 years ago. And so, uh, and I did not know that she was like, she's very much into Dune and very much into Tolkien and Stephen King. And so she, uh, I did not know uh, all of those things about her. Uh, we, we very quickly got to know those things about each other, and I'm delighted in each other's nerdery. Oh, that's freaking awesome, man. That's freaking awesome, because like, <laughs> because it's hard, you know, especially like being a single guy, it's hard for like people to accept what you collect or what you like. There's people who collect stamps and people who collect coins or whatnot, but... Yes, everybody's got some kind of nerdery, whether it's motorcycles or golf or fishing or kayaking, everybody has something they're nerdy about. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, people, I guess, associate, you know, action figures as this gear to kids, but nowadays, like... I don't, I don't, I, I think less and less, uh, as we, as we, as the world changes, as the 
geeks inherit the earth with with the world filled with uh, filled with Avengers fans and Spider-Man fans and Dungeons and Dragons fans that are more public and noticeable. I think uh, places like Sideshow and XO uh, really actually thrive because they make high-end toys for grown-ups. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and speaking of um, Dungeons and Dragons, um, what was the embryonic stages for you getting involved in that? Like, who introduced you to that? Is that something you introduced my yourself cousin, to? My older cousin back in, I want to say, 77 is when I first saw him playing D&D. And I immediately wanted to know more and more about it because, you know, I was a fan of The Hobbit and, and Beastmaster and Conan and Excalibur <laughs> and all of that. Yes. Um, Lord of the Rings. And so uh, I, uh, I immediately had him try and explain everything to me. And it didn't quite make sense at first. But then a couple of years later, when it really started to rise in the teenage population uh, in the Midwest, and again, like I said, I live near Lake Geneva, which is the birthplace of D&D, mm-hmm. um, uh, we started playing it fast and furiously from 11 years old. So I played it pretty hardcore from, from like, Maybe the summer of 79, which would have made me 10, mm-hmm. until 13. So I was probably, I played pretty hard for three and a half years. Wow. Uh, and then I was one of those kids that uh, got scared by the satanic panic and then stopped playing the game and then came back to it as a grown man uh, many years later. Holy shit. <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> Um, speaking of that, um, off the subject, Stranger Things, what do you think will be the next D&D, um, villain? Oh, uh, let's see. So, well, I think we're going to finish with Vecna, right? Yep. And so, uh, I think there's a, there's a version where, what, we meet Tiamat? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> where there's a, where there's a, but they've already done the Mind Flare, which was a giant, like, meat monster, right? Yeah. So I would say, like, Tiamat, maybe? Hmm. Early prediction, you know? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe? Yeah. Well, I take your judge, your, your word more than anybody else's, since you're the, the expert <laughs> of it, you know? I'm just making it up as I go, man. Yo, and um, talk a little bit about the Nerd Circus, man. Um, I, I, I purchased your, your cocktail book. Amazing. I haven't done nothing yet, but I plan on doing it. Talk about your um, the Nerd Circus. So the Nerd Circus was... Uh, it, it's a lifestyle brand, Efren. It's a lifestyle brand. No, it's a state of mind. It's, a, it's, it's sort of where my head lives with all of this stuff, with all of my collecting and all of my all of my um, D&D and all of the sci-fi fantasy shows that I've been on and my love of, of, of uh, genre storytelling. It kind of all swirls around in my brain, and that's my nerd circus. And so what I wanted to do was... Uh, find a way to express that and share a bit of the vibe that I live in when I'm playing these games or seeing these movies or playing Atari, uh, which all lives kind of in the late 70s, early 80s in my heart. And so I created a brand that sort of gives that vibe of D&D, gives that vibe of t-shirts and stuff that all kind of live in that in that space. And so uh, it's it, I sell tiki glasses and I sell a tiki book that's inspired by Dungeons and Dragons that I co-created with a man named Brandon Cleely who used to be a, an Imagineer um, 
Yeah, it's been a it's been a hoot and a half. It's been something that has been an absolute joy, and it's just basically a platform to for me to make uh, fun, smile-inducing, uh, groovy wares and nerdy paraphernalia. Yeah, it's awesome because you incorporate what you like. You sell what you like. You create what you like. So it's it's amazing because not not everybody could do that, and not everybody has the passion. Some people are like living a mundane job and they can't find their passion. So it amazes me when somebody does that. Everybody has their passion somewhere. The guy that works the mundane job may end up going home and um, and you know creating fly lures, you know, fly mm-hmm. fishing or or uh, or uh, building chairs and furniture everybody has some kind of passion i just put mine into this yeah yeah no i'm saying but that's amazing though because you know i know a lot of people who are into the same things you do but they can't find a network or something to do it so it's just well look i'm fortunate that i have a bully pulpit and i have a live platform with all the uh the nerdy shows that i've done i have the ear of of a crowd that uh that uh, might be interested in the things that I'm that I'm selling. So I, I'm I'm fortunate in that respect. Yes, um, you've done a lot of shows, and you know, like, do you like do you like it when people classify you as a character actor, or you're just an actor per se? Like, do you hate that terminology? Well, look, I, I think I think every every actor plays characters. Correct. Uh, so uh, I think the term character actor tends to mean that you're playing somebody very different than yourself mm-hmm. um, as opposed to what they call a persona performer where you stick kind of close to what you are as an actor uh, like Tom Cruise tends to be Tom Cruise often in a lot of his films <laughs> yes <laughs> yes and that's not an insult he's really good at it yeah he is uh, yeah but, but, but then you get you get you know, Daniel Day-Lewis who who disappears into his roles with his physical posture and his changes his voice and all that. I probably land somewhere in between. I think, you know, as an actor, I'm kind of bringing a very specific Stashwick thing to what I do, and that's either going to work for the casting director or not. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, you know, I, I know the dish that I'm bringing to the buffet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Has your height ever been a problem getting roles? Because you are a tall man. No. No, not, not at all? No. I've been fortunate to have a, a, a pretty bountiful career since I started becoming a professional actor, and my height never stood in the way. Ah, okay. Good, good, good. Um, going back to season three of Picard, I know you said no before, but um, did you... You didn't take nothing at all from the set? Nothing at all? Memories. <laughs> How do you set that? The memories. <laughs> Not even a pin? A pin? Nothing? <laughs> Doesn't belong to me. Yeah. Why would I take it? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, And also, when we met, you know, you're a fan of both. You have tattoos of... All the jobs you've had from Star Trek, Twelve Monkeys, um, and you're also a Star Wars fan. Um, if you was ever in the Star Wars universe, what role would you would you love to play? Oh, I'm a scoundrel. Oh, you want like a Han Solo, uh, right? Uh, yeah, I don't. I, you know, I'm not a guy who believes in. The, I don't need to wield the Force, just a, a DL44 blaster and have a fast ship. 
Oh, wow. That's impressive. Usually everybody would say Jedi, but I'm impressed that you want to be... You know, you have that scoundrel look, too. You do have that look. Yeah, that's 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 what I love. Uh, like, if you take my role on 12 Monkeys, I, I like the... I like the pirates, I like the smugglers, I like the scoundrels, I like the guys that, uh, you know, the broken people who eventually have a heart of gold, I, I like that, I don't, I don't need any wizard powers. Yeah. Um, how close are you to Liam Shaw? Is it almost a representation of you as a, as a person? Not even, not even a little. Not even, <laughs> not even a little. <laughs> not even a little. Uh, Liam Shaw, um. We share the same colored eyes. Uh, Liam <laughs> Shaw and I uh, are vastly different. He's a man who suffered flex trauma. Yes, he is uh, a military man who has you know post traumatic stress disorder and survivor's guilt and and, and a, a whole lot of uh, a whole host of issues. He also is you know in a, in a high position of command and uh, and and he lives with a certain level of animosity and intolerance. And I hope that I am none of those things. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a nerd boy who, who got to watch his dreams come true. Uh, I, I play in space. He lives there. Yeah. All right, Todd. Um, favorite Midwest food? Uh, deep dish pizza. Ooh, okay. Have you ever had a New York pizza? I lived in New York for five years, so yeah. Oh. I had plenty. Okay, so what's your... Are you like deep dish or the New York slice? Uh, does it have crust, cheese, and sauce? Yes. <laughs> then I take it. I don't care what shape it's in. It's a yummy crust, that yummy cheese, and that yummy sauce. I'm not into the pizza wars. Yeah. Well, I like, I'm not into it either, but uh, deep dish is just too doughy for me. Like, I'm still used to like that slice... You know, New York City sliced pizza. There's pizza here. No, I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. I just, I just come like, if I'm in New York, I'll eat New York pizza. If I'm in Chicago, I'll eat deep dish. Ah, okay. Uh, so uh, I just like pizza, and no matter what shape it takes. All right. How about the the? All right. So so this is the ultimate now. How about the dog? Uh, a dirty dog from New York City or the Chicago hot dog? I'm a vegetarian, so uh, I don't eat hot dogs. Even like, well, don't they have like tofurkey dogs or something like that? Don't they I have? I have a veggie dog. Yeah, the veggie dog. Yes. I usually get a Chicago style. Ah, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, <laughs> just the random food questions. Just curious about what you know. No, I love it. Yeah. Fun. And then I think you said also when you was doing Picard on Picard the the blue steak. What was that you was actually eating? Uh, it's, uh, it's taste meat. Oh, okay. It looked really good. It looked really good. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Meat from space. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, right now, since it's a strike, but um, can you talk about what's next on the horizon for you? Or is there any? Uh, well, I'm doing a lot of conventions for Star Trek right now. Okay. And, um, uh, and then, uh, you know, and, and when the strike ends, uh, who knows? I'm also currently co-writing on a Black Panther Captain America video game. Oh, wow. Skydance New Media and uh, Marvel. Uh, so that takes up a good amount of my days. And, um, and yeah, so then, then everything else is, you know, I, I, I always have ideas. I always have projects. Some, uh, but I'm going to be traveling a lot starting the uh, end of June. Uh, I'm going to be going to a lot of places to meet a lot of uh, 
kind Star Trek fans. Mm. And um, this year you're coming back to Gary Con, right? Next year. Next year, yeah. Uh, in 2024, I hope to. That's the plan because uh, it's the 50th anniversary of Dungeons and Dragons, so I don't want to miss that. Okay. Okay. Like if everything works out in your schedule, you'll be there. Yeah, that's the plan. I would love to be there. Gotcha. Roll some dice with some old friends. Gotcha. A few more questions for you, Todd. Um, since you talked, since you talked about your wife, what's the key, in your opinion, what's the key to a successful marriage? Fan the flames of uh, the things your wife loves to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, help her, help her do them. Um, and uh, don't sweat the small stuff. Mm-hmm. Celebrate each other. There's no need to always be right. Um, yeah, and and fall in love with someone you're that you've got the hats for. Wow, that's awesome. Um, what is your highest highs and lowest lows, if you have any highest highs and lowest lows? Well, I'm a human being, so yeah. uh, I, 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 I what I do say is I, I'm pretty zen about a lot of things. I, I kind of truck along in, in a, like, happiness is my uh, operating system. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean I don't get sad and doesn't mean I don't get angry, but happiness is my operating system. I try to see the world through uh, other people's eyes. Lowest lows probably is the death of my dad. Highest high was probably the birth of my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, just like everybody birth else. Yeah. yeah, birth and death. Yeah. <laughs> birth, death, and taxes probably. <laughs> just... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, winding down, Todd, um, um, with the world today, like everything's happening in the world, like do you see the world getting better? I see the world spinning madly on. <laughs> yeah, and we're and we're just moving along. Yes. I mean, when we say when we say better, like uh, I don't understand what people say. The world is just getting more violent. I go, no. People used to get their heads chopped off in the middle of streets, and you know, gunslingers would solve their problems. You know, I, I think we have a gun problem in in, in the country, mm-hmm. definitely. But I think overall, uh, I think as a as a species, we're doing pretty good. I think we gotta we gotta fix the planet in terms of climate change, and we gotta certainly learn to love each other uh, in, in between races, between uh, ethnicities, between um, LGBTQ, uh, AI. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe. Uh, we just gotta, we just gotta have a, a crap ton of empathy going forward, and and hold each other up, and love each other, and be kind first and foremost, and then play. Yes, yes. That's why we're here. We are here to play. Yes. Speaking of play, can't think of any other reason that we exist. Yeah. Speaking of play, you have a great. It looks like from when people can see your Instagram pictures or whatnot, it looks like you have a big freaking party when you play Dungeons and Dragons. You had Terry Metalis uh, there, Jerry Ryan. You know, like um, you know, like well, people, as as onlookers see, like oh my god, he, he, you know, th- those are your friends, of course. But it's like oh my god, you got all these yeah. celebrities there or whatnot. Like um, is there a lot more people that we don't know about? that like Dungeons and Dragons and you just keep it on the hush hush? Well, I don't know if they keep it on the hush hush. They just don't, they don't have a regular game that they're playing or, uh, I mean, look, I like to, I'm a theater kid, so I like to, 
to make things theatrical and I like to, to put whimsy and joy and celebrate it. And so with D&D, if I can acquire the toys to do it with, with the, with the table, my, my signature table by the Weather Dragon, yes. it's literally called the Stashwick, I can say, proudly. <laughs> I co-created it. I, I helped uh, work with, uh, I didn't co-create it, it was, it was built from the ground up by a man named Michael Jimenez who is uh, the, the weather dragon, and he makes these beautiful tables, and then he and I collaborated on one that we call the Stashwick that you can buy on his site. And so I love the toys and the minis and, and, and all of the setup, and I have a little fog machine, and I have a dragon that breathes fire, and I just have a good time with it. And I like to introduce people who've never played the game to it, and I like to uh, I like to play with people that I've been playing with for years. So uh it's just a great way to spend a life. Todd, think about this. What do you think about this? The USS Stashwick. <laughs> Why? What well, we have with Titan. <laughs> no, but you, you're... The USS Shaw. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Let's name a ship after him since they took away the name of his ship. Yeah. Okay, if... All right, in, in, in your headcanon, if there's a way to bring Shaw back to life, how would you do it? Um, gracefully, <laughs> surprisingly, <laughs> happily, interestingly, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let any, uh, any secrets out that, that I may think about on my own, and because what if they came true, then I gave you a scoop. Oh, very political answer, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> No, I, I I understand. I understand. I just had to ask. <laughs> I mean, look, there's no, there's no. We don't have a spinoff show, so yeah. So any speculation that I would be doing would be just that. Uh, I have, you know, Terry Vitalis has said in the press that he has come up with a way that he thinks is really cool, and I don't disagree. Of uh, to see Liam Shaw again uh, in in the Star Trek universe, so I will trust my fearless leader. Mm, I gotcha. I gotcha. I understand. I just had to ask. <laughs> um, you, you know, out of the whole season, you definitely was the highlight of the show. You know, um, you know, and um, your, yeah, your character was amazing, and I think you put in all of your performance, and it, it shows that, you know, you know, like, you know, like I've seen your work before, but I didn't, I didn't know like your background or how passionate you was, and seeing that you put into the character, it shows. So, oh, no, no problem. Hats off to you, man. No, hats off to you, man. It was awesome. And um, my final question for you is what would the Todd Stashwick of today tell the Todd Stashwick of yesterday? Uh, um, uh, like adult Stashwick saying... Uh, to 13-year-old Todd, yeah. Yeah, I would look at 13-year-old Todd and go, It worked! <laughs> it worked. <laughs> oh, man. Your plans, kid. Your plans worked. <laughs> Oh, shit. Awesome, awesome, man. Um, <laughs> uh, Todd, promote your social media. Promote um, the upcoming events you have coming up after June. Uh, I have well, I have a bunch of cons. So uh, if you go to my Instagram, at T Stashwick, uh, you will see me promoting whatever conventions I'm at. And then at Todd Stashwick on Twitter, you will also see me promoting whatever conventions I'm at. And you can check out my uh, groovy wares and nerdy paraphernalia at uh, at the nerd circus dot com. 
Yeah. I would have loved to have more time to talk to you about those other shows, but I'm glad you gave me the time today, Todd. Um, I'm going to run, but... We'll come back and do this again, man. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Um, Good journey to you, and God bless, and um, I hope you get everything you want in life, man. Thank you so much. Live long and prosper. And I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. To Captain Liam Shaw, live long and prosper. Have a good night, folks.